Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. We're in John chapter 15. That's the Gospel of John chapter 15. And we're going to be picking it up in verse 11. And we've been taking our sweet time through this chapter because it is so rich in critical doctrine for the Christian, for the disciple, for the individual who really is seeking to be connected to the vine, to be connected to Christ, and to uh, have him that involved intimately, connected and involved in our lives uh, as his children. And so as we pick it up in verse 11 uh, today, we read, I have spoken these things to you, this is Jesus speaking, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be made full. Again, I have spoken all these things to you, Jesus is saying, so that my joy may remain in you and that your joy will be full. Now, please note that all that Jesus has said in this chapter thus far is anything but dictatorial. This is not a cloaked attempt at thuggery or forced concession. It is rather because out of his limitless love, he desires that we could experience our joy in its fullness. Meaning, this direction is because he wants us to be joyous and fulfilled and complete, even in this life. Now, please don't misunderstand. This is not for his benefit, though he he, uh, takes joy in this, but we're not doing it for his benefit. He's not seeking us to do this for his benefit. We don't make Jesus or God the Father whole and complete by anything on our action. I mean, he needs nothing. Psalms 50 verse 12 tells us, If I were hungry, this is God speaking, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. So the proof of this truth is clear today, even in the practical realm. We need only to observe the results in those who reject this passage. When we do not obey, when we do not abide in obedience, but attempt to cheat the system, if you will, there is clearly a deep unhappiness and unrest in that individual. Therefore, their joy is not full. How about yours today? Is your joy full? Verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another even as I have loved you. This is my commandment. Now, take note of that because clearly this is not his suggestion, nor is it even just his desire. It is his command. And Jesus is calling his disciples and is effectively calling us at the same time to love one another. But what does that really look like? Thankfully, Jesus didn't leave us to flail about in some ambiguous puddle nor was he going to allow us to slide out of the accountability and the responsibility of this edict by claiming we didn't understand what he meant. We are called not only to love each other, but Jesus went so far as to explain how we are to love. We are to love as Jesus loved us. Now, it's critical at this point to just step back and take a good look at that for much of our faith manifest is going to pass through that door. 
What does this mean to love as Jesus loved us? Well, just how does Jesus love us? Does he love us unconditionally? Yes. Does he love a person even if that person hates him? Yes. Does his love mean we always get what we want? Does his love always feel good? Is his love without responsibility and accountability? Well, no, no, and no. Look, the closest thing we can compare Christ's love to on the earthly plane would be a perfect parental love, but even that's becoming kind of vague and nebulous these days via what is often some pretty horrendous parenting. But this is actually, and ironically, quite a sore point today and a great point of debate because so many church folks tend to throw that word love around with great flair. We've arrived at a point in our age where such love is no longer an actual practice, but perhaps just a aphorism, a catchword for what effectively becomes just a nebulous, ineffective, and unquantifiable excuse to avoid our own holiness, as well as avoiding any dealing with the lack of holy living and sanctification in others who call themselves Christians. I mean, we're so quick to say, hey, don't judge me. You're, you're just supposed to love me and that's all. Of course, to which I am quick to counter, I am loving you. If I didn't love you, I'd just simply let you march on down the road to hell. Many of us truthfully cannot love as Christ loves because we really don't know, nor have we ever experienced Christ's love at all. So the result of all of this is that when people are called into question on sinful behavior, they can get strangely upset with you for not being loving. It's sort of like a kid that's caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and when he's scolded, he cries out to his mom, uh, cries out that his mom, rather, is being so unloving and so hateful. That kind of love is not love at all. It's simply lazy self-love that wants everyone to like them at the cost of perhaps another individual's eternal soul. If you think that is Jesus' love, my friend, you have never experienced Jesus' love, you do not know him, and your salvation status is certainly called into great concern today. If you think Jesus' love is like our human love, you've never experienced the true love of Jesus. Then there are even those who, on the extreme end of this, can be actually vicious in their actions towards others. I mean, they are proactive in the practice of dividing and gossip and lying and going out of their way to hurt others, yet they still call themselves Christians. And if you want to read more about that, you need to read 2 Timothy 3. These are the kind of people who refuse God's word, which call us to not only love, but it also calls us to mediation, to face-to-face discussion and restoration when we have disagreements. So, in other words, I can just cut out three quarters of my Bible and uh, say that I'm loving, uh, but that's not the love that's prescribed throughout and the entirety of Scripture. What a shame such behavior is because, you know, it's, it's such a picture in front of an unbelieving world. 1 Corinthians 3.3 3 says, For you are still fleshly, for insofar as there is jealousy, strife, factions among you, aren't you fleshly? And don't you walk in the ways of men? 
Verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than someone laid down his life for his friends. Now it seems that the Apostle John never cuts us any slack. He never makes exceptions. He simply lays it down in black and white. Now some people find that refreshing and others find it disturbing. If you are on the run from Jesus, you don't tend to read the book of John. If you want to excuse your flesh and allow yourself worldly latitude, you don't read John. Because John doesn't mess around. He simply throws down, the true believer lives this way, and the false professor lives that way. I mean, it's not great for John. That's why some just can't stand his approach, because they want gray. So many today, they want, in fact, they demand some gray. They want some flexibility in their interpretation of Christianity. Because emphatic interpretations and absolutes and singular approaches, well, they just don't jive with the halfway truth that so many want to live today. They want the world and eternal life. Yet such will not and cannot ever be. Look, the fact is today, Jesus' friends love each other. Period. And again, no exceptions, no playing games. Don't say you love a person and at the same time attack, slander, and try to hurt that same person. Don't say you love a person and then avoid the truth with them and fail to weigh them off from careening off of a cliff. It's all quite stupid and we know it. If we practice such, we are not in the spirit and the spirit is not in us. That's the heart of Satan, you see. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out who's calling the shots in that kind of attitude. In the epistles of John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 9 and 11, he wrote this. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness even until now. He who loves his brother remains in the light and there's no occasion for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, doesn't know where he's going because the blindness, or excuse me, the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, Jesus loved us, and we are therefore to love others. If we do not, according to 1 John, we're not truly Christians at all. We are like Judas before us, merely imposters. We are chaff among the wheat, goats among the sheep. No one knows greater love than this kind of love. Jesus expressed this love toward us by dying for us, giving his life while we were yet sinners. So does this mean we are to literally follow in those footsteps and physically die for our brothers? Well, it's not impossible. It's not beyond the realm of understanding of Scripture. Certainly there are many people out there doing that today from... You know, the faithful Indian disciple who spreads the gospel of Christ at great physical risk for the sake of his fellow men. To the secular military realm where many men and women are today standing in harm's way so that we might walk around free. I don't know about you guys, but does do any of you find that such is an incredible sacrifice? I mean, if soldiers are willing to die for fellow Americans for ideals such as democracy and freedom... Why are we so unwilling to give of ourselves for man's eternal salvation and righteous standing before our Creator? And once again, 
Does this mean that we're called to place our very physical lives in line of the kingdom furtherance? Perhaps. But for the believer, the true believer, we're already dead, right? We were called before this to lay down our lives. We don't always have to physically cease to breathe to do that, but there's no doubt that such a call is nothing less than great, great sacrifice. This is what we are called to do and to be for Christ. We are not to just lay down our lives for Christ, but we're actually called to do so for each other. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.